weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I feel like we're in one of those horrible 1950s American CIA experiments on students because <laughs> you are so fucking hungover. I I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Is it a scandalous accusation? And I <laughs> deny, deny, deny. You do know that uh, truth is a defense to defamation in this country. No. No, it is not. <laughs> you just put on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I stop my... Fault that the air is very bright. <laughs> How did this come about? Uh, in my defense, I did go to a cat rescue charity fundraiser last night. And of course, they're there to make money. Yeah. You know? And so if they're if they're selling champagne and wine and bourbon for the cats, then you have to suck up and you have to drink. Like, there is no tomorrow. Was this an official event or did you just pay a homeless person <laughs> to hang out with their cats? Oh, my God. I wish if I knew that was an option. No, it was a sanctioned, sanctioned event. <laughs> oh, my God. the cats. And, oh, my God. I so- can see your breath. <laughs> It was for the cats. The champagne was $24 a bottle. And you know what I mean? You can't leave them with, like, alcohol at the end of the night because it's like then the charity is losing money. I don't want a cat charity to lose money. What kind of monster wants a cat charity to lose money? No, you've, you're, you've done your civic duty. I will. You know what? I can't say it was all completely guilt-free. I, we, um, if we want to toot our own horn... We uh, we did donate a couple of tickets to. Would you believe we're having a live show? <laughs> now you got to tell the full story. <laughs> because how many people at this cat charity know you? A couple, uh, three, maybe. Or four? Did you or did you not? At one point, stand, rise, <laughs> rise up, and woot your own podcast as a prize. <laughs> did you do that? I believe the description was you stood up and went, South Australia's number one podcast. Woo! <laughs> Is that true? No, I think technically there were two woos. <laughs> Either way, I'm proud of you. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I literally just like, you know, surrounded <laughs> like cat ladies in corners like a feral stray so they could <laughs> get away to be like, do you like cats? Do you like podcasts? <laughs> Oh, my Lord. And how many tickets have we sold since last night? One. Yeah, no, it's more than I've managed to push, so well done. <laughs> Although I've got to say, I did meet a fan the other day, mm. which is nice. Normally to do that, I'd have to go to Texas. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Or like wake up, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, I was doing a gig uh, in uh, a lovely place called Para Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, a lovely, lovely woman by the name of Deb came up and said hello. Oh, Deb is lovely. She Deb's was absolutely great. lovely. It was really, really cool. It was really nice to do. It was one of those shows where, so it's a free show. Okay. Which means automatically people aren't invested in it. Okay, yep. Uh, So, you know, it's one of those shows where people talk through it the whole way, sort Mm -hmm. of that kind of thing. They're not losing anything. What have they got to do? Exactly. You are the salmon swimming upstream. (laughs) I I actually decided to use my fangled bloody fitness tracker. 
and my heart. What? In case you went missing? No. Well, that's probably a part of it. <laughs> Just the local Jeffrey Dahmer spits out my watch. <laughs> But that was more to do with the, like, just so I could trace the fear. Oh, okay, yeah. My heart rate doing that show got higher than it ever has doing any kind of actual exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I covered an entire kilometre just pacing around on the stage. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. So, what you're saying is if, like, so to lose more weight, to hell with, like, diet and exercise, we just got to get you more gigs. More gigs in bad places. Oh, my God. Okay, where's some really sketchy places in, like, Alabama who are, like, really, like, pro-Trump, pro-gun, pro-life? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, Tulsa, Oklahoma at the turn of the last century. Yeah. Oh, my God. We should do the Christmas party for that. Um, what's that? What's that friggin' family? God hates the fact. <laughs> the Westboro Baptist Church. Yes, we should do their Christmas party. <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> See your heart rates go up then. <laughs> oh my god! Would be very interesting. So shout out to Deb, and yes, we do have a live show coming up Wednesday, October nineteen. Downstairs of the Rhino Room, it's a place called Low Life Bar. How fucking how, how appropriate. appropriate! That's us. Oh, my God. So, yeah, come watch us work all the kinks out <laughs> before we do a friend show. And I'm just going to say, you've got to come to this one to support us. If you're ever going to do it, come and support us at this one because this one, and if we sell any tickets, is very much directly proportionate to if we can get a good spot at the fringe. You're not. Absolutely. And it's we're actually in a basement bar because it's even harder for me to jump off the roof. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Somehow I found a way. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, according to my prophecy, I'm going to still fall off the stage and oh, break yeah? my face. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, we're not going to have chairs because of you. Yeah. It's a no HNS thing. It's you're prescient. You've pre-cogged it. No chairs. <laughs> oh, my God. It's my own, like, tenant sort of insurance and you know what? It's it's one of a great way to ensure that you're not going to get a shit show because as soon as you see a comedian grab a stool, you're just like, oh, here we go. It's time to talk real, is it? <laughs> going to put the chair backwards and turn your hat around and speak to me, teach? Yo, Yo. kids. <laughs> yeah. When I was your age, what up, homies? Yeah. As soon as I see that stool come out in the stand-up show, I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. Oh, my God. You know what? I reckon if you're ever going to see anything pulled out, at a Gabin in the Woods live show, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a strap on. Probably, yeah. Just in case there's any KK members in the crowd, <laughs> get a pegging. <laughs> well, that is a serious threat. <laughs> Welcome Texas. Trespassers yeah. will be racists will be pegged. <laughs> You're not even that's, getting a reach around. <laughs> that's how you cut down on heckling at your oh, kid. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you know what? You can, but to your detriment, sir. <laughs> We just wear them on our faces like plague doctors. <laughs> oh my god, I would so get distracted like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so good. That is. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> you know what? Speaking of getting distracted by things up in the air. Yeah. That's so weird. Really? Yeah. Because that, like, weird things in the tumbling through the sky totally brings us to our subject of the week. No. Who knew? You. What a coincidence. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This week, we are going to be looking at Desmond Arthur. 
Is he a particularly interesting man? We're just going to look at him? <laughs> just look at him. Is he like a magic eye thing from the 90s? You stare at him long enough, he becomes 3D and you find a hidden message. He was like the 19th century Irish Jason Momoa. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I'm just making that up. Oh. I have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> well, <laughs> he looked better at one stage of his life than he did at another. Oh, okay. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. Does he need to do a show in the basement? <laughs> He made a basement. Oh, dear. Desmond Arthur was an adventure-seeking pilot. Okay. In the ways that you could only be back in the day. Wow, okay. Before we had, like, laws and safety and regulations <laughs> and long lives and retirement plans. <laughs> See, now I'm just thinking about Tom Cruise. Really? Have you seen the shit that that guy does? Oh. Like Tom Cruise, like because he's a legitimate pilot, he's got a P-51 Mustang, all that sort of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, because that's what, that's what wealth and power gets you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can Rub become it a, in. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, he's doing all those – he does all those live stunts like where you're strapped to the side of a C-31 Hercules and a whole bunch of shit. Oh. He just did that ad for the new uh, Top Gun where he's like on the biplane, like sitting on the wing of a biplane and then it does a barrel roll. Oh, I have not seen that. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen him jump on a couch. <laughs> is that considered he's doing l- your own stuff? He's levelled up a bit <laughs> since then. Actually, I did see the one for Mission Impossible where he actually did that, you know, that shit where you jump from like building to building, you know, yeah, roof to roof. Yeah, broke his fucking ankle. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I know, yes, there's all like the safety inflatable stuff, you know, in between the buildings. So, yeah. you know, you're not technically, there's a very slim chance you're going to die. But still, fuck that. Oh, yeah, no, he's hardcore. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am so not parkour. Yeah. <laughs> as, oh, my God. As I, like, groan to get up from the couch <laughs> like, to get another cinnamon bun. Like, parkour. <laughs> oh. oh, my Lord. But, no, Desmond Arthur. I think he was the original Top Gun. Cool. Oh. I feel the need, the need for potatoes. Actually, I was going to say more like the original goose. Oh, dear. Desmond Arthur was an adventure-seeking pilot who found way more adventure than he ever wanted when his plane fell apart in midair. Oh, dear. The authorities moved in quickly to pronounce it a result of the Irishman's recklessness. (laughs) All were shocked. Irish recklessness does sound like something you'd find on a coroner's certificate <laughs> up until maybe the 1980s. Yeah. Oh what did he die of? Irish recklessness. Oh, my God. If that's not a drink yet, it needs to oh, be. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like a Guinness with a shot of pachine. We keep saying there's going to be drink specials at the live show. Maybe we need to create. I didn't say there's going to be drink specials. The Irishman's. Oh, I might have said it last there's, night. There's not drink specials at the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, everyone. Wow, okay. I better tell the guy that owns the venue that you've promised people cheap drinks. I thought I didn't say cheap, I just said they were gonna be special. Oh my god. <laughs> special and they come from a fucking fridge, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, we oh. called it. There is ice. Okay, special. well special. Let's let's invent the Irish recklessness. Yeah, and then and then sell that at a non discounted rate at yeah. the show. There won't be drink specials, I just assumed. It's a Wednesday night. Oh, fuck, there might be, I don't know. Uh, get on it. They're, they're waiving the hire fee for us because I'm friends with the guy who owns it. Well, is that is that code for blowjob? There's no code to it, I'll fucking blow Mick. G'day, Mick. 
That's why you're in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, now, like I said, the authorities tried to... <laughs> Pretend to be a racist so I can peg you. <laughs> Means to an end, my friend. Means to an end. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they tried to blame Irish recklessness. All were shocked, not the least of which was the Irishman's ghost. Whoa, hello. He returned to drop his own truth bombs over the airfield. <laughs> in this week's episode of the Mile Die Club. Nice. Or Desmond Arthur, the wind beneath my ghostly wings. Oh, that's that's clunky, but I'll take it. <laughs> That one fell apart mid-flight too. You'll take it like a redneck racist at a Gavin in the Woods live recording. <laughs> you are going to use mustard for lube? <laughs> Rip open the packet. Oh. What? Nothing. Uh, in Ireland, in County Clare on the 31st of March, 1884. That's where my family's from. Oh. County Clare. And they left about then. Okay. So I'm wondering if this is... <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, dear. The world welcomed... Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to need a mouthful of drink before I say this name. It's tea, listeners. I'm not, allowed, I'm not facilitating her alcoholism that well. Desmond Lucius Studart P. P. Arthur. That's amazing. <sighs> Lucius. Lucius. That's awesome. Yeah, oh my God. Can you imagine getting in trouble, though, like as a parent? <laughs> they, you are really fucked. Desmond Lucius Judith P.P. Arthur! Anyway. He was raised with two siblings in Ireland by his parents, Thomas and Helen. Mm. Desmond was always keen for an adventure and was extremely enthusiastic in all things sport. Especially motorsport, winning numerous prizes in a variety of motor speed trials. You two really could be related. Yeah. Like you except love he's the cars. Clearly successful because mm. this is what, the early nineteen hundreds? Yeah. Like racing was a oh, no, rich, late eighteen hundreds. That's a rich man's sport back mm. then. Well, he kind of been that rich because A, he was Irish. <laughs> and then B, he had he joined the Army Motor Reserve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rich men don't go in as grunts to the army. Well, no, but um, rich ones buy a commission to avoid going to battle. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's what he's done. No, he hasn't done that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, So, yeah, he's joined the Army Motor Reserve. But on the 29th of August, 1910, Arthur would make the fateful decision to attend the first Irish aviation meeting at Leopardstown Racecourse. That has got to be the basis of so many lazy jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Like a screen door in a submarine, like an Irish aviation. (laughs) 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 Runs on potatoes, does it? Just shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he, however, was inspired. Okay. And this cemented an idea Desmond had been toiling with about becoming a pilot. And Desmond transferred to the 5th Battalion Royal Monsters Fusiliers. I love that name. What's with the names of this? They're amazing. Uh, I know there wasn't a lot to do, but just (laughs) fill up the space by just adding names to it. Imagine that you're joining the Monsters and you just get this chilled down your spine and just like, 
I think in about 120 years, a really overrated musician is going to go off and rebuild this. And like, someone actually said about the fucking Rob Zombie Monsters yeah, yeah. that he's managed to make a porn parody without the sex. This is one of the best descriptions I've seen. Oh, because it's just any Rob Zombie movie. It's just him spending at least 45 minutes doing like gratuitous shots of his wife's naked ass. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's lovely that you love it. Yeah. Everyone else is not as invested with it. Yeah. Like, it's fine, I guess, but it's nothing like... Yeah. I don't go home and go, ooh. <laughs> oh, it's an Elvira. Oh, but this also means that um, this guy... Oh, God, what was... That Desmond Lucius Studart P.P. Arthur <laughs> was now... <laughs> Was now in the, what was it, 5th Battalion Royal Munsters Fusiliers. Yeah. How do you fit that on a dog tag? <laughs> Blood type. Potato. Uh, potato, potato. It's potato. Is that what is that what the PP stands for? <laughs> potato, potato. Potato, potato. <laughs> I just assumed. I just assumed this, that's in every Irishman's name. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, the Oteto is silent. <laughs> <sighs> so, yes, he transferred to the 5th Battalion Royal Monsters Fusiliers and was promoted to lieutenant on 27th of May 1911. So he's there, he's living it, he's loving it, and he's doing well. He's kicking ass. Cool. On the 18th of June, 1912, Desmond Arthur gained his Royal Aero Club wings. Wow. <laughs> he then joined the second squadron of the Royal Flying <laughs> Fusilier Mountaineer Bucketeers Potato Potato <laughs> Corps on the 17th of April, 1913. Hell of a time to join the Air Force. <laughs> yep. In that same year, Montrose Airfield was built as an operational training base to train pilots for the Royal Flying Corps. Okay. And was one of the first of its kind constructed in Britain. Breaking records! Yeah. Then, on Tuesday, the 27th of May, 1913, Desmond Arthur was flying a routine flight from Upper Dysart to Lunan Bay. So just a routine training, you know, just go up. Well, nothing was really routine back then. Yeah, you know. It was all, it was all pretty fucking new. Yeah, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> so as he was flying into Montrose Airfield, so yeah. it would all go horribly, horribly wrong. Okay. He'd lose not one but both of his potatoes. Oh, no. As Desmond Arthur began his descent at about two th- two and a half thousand feet, essentially, so picture this. Okay. Okay. You're in your you're in your old plane. Yeah. Above the airport, you're about two and a half thousand feet off the ground. You know everything's oh you know everything's everything's going fine. Oh oh I can't wait till I get home. Oh I'll have a potato. Oh I'll have a potato. What's that noise? Oh. The right wing of the plane falls off. Oh, my God. Mid-air. Okay. Mid-air. Two and a half thousand feet off the ground. Right wing. Gone. Plops off. <laughs> You're looking at it. Wow. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would you believe the wing and the plane oh. began falling to the earth? Who would have thunk it? 
obviously at different speeds, different trajectories and different trajectories. Yep. Observers noted something fell flailing from the tumbling craft. Oh, dear. That flailing falling object would turn out to be Desmond Arthur himself. Oh, God. He crashed to Earth 160 metres away from the body of his plane. Oh, fuck. Which, it's... It's the nicest way where they say, oh, he crashed, he landed, he fell. Yeah. He... Yeah, he exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he landed 160 metres away from his plane. So when you described it, I I kind of had the, the picture in my mind of like a Warner Brothers cartoon mm-hmm. where like, you know, they're flying along and then suddenly like someone just removes one bolt <laughs> and then you just see it all kind of just slowly disappear and then there's just a guy in a chair with a stick. Yeah. But no, this was much more horrible and violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah except they then catapulted out. Yeah. yeah, no parachute, fucking God. Yeah. Well, I mean, at two and a half thousand feet, if your wing just fell off, you wouldn't have time, would you? You'd be too low, wouldn't you? Two and a half thousand feet. I don't know how high that is, but I, but I imagine, I don't think they even flew with parachutes. Yeah, they, they, they didn't have, there were no parachutes on this. Yeah. You know. Um, not that he would have had time to reach one anyway, but we'll get to that. Yeah. But anyway, so obviously... There's no need to say it. He died instantly yeah. at the scene. Um, although this was good in the history books, though. You know, yay. Yeah. Um, this was the first accidental death at Montrose. Oh. And the first fatal aircraft accident in Scotland. Okay. So, you know, silver line. He fell to his death in Montrose. <laughs> no, he fell to his death First at Montrose. <laughs> Dead on the water. It's always, it's always better to be the first guy as opposed to the second guy. Or the last guy. Yeah. yeah. You know. The preventable guy. <laughs> oh, dear. Sheer negligence guy. Ugh, yeah. Uh, now, it seems the uncontrolled gyrations in the plane after the wing fell off. Yeah were actually so strong within the cockpit, it had actually snapped the seatbelt. Jesus. That Desmond had been wearing and then obviously threw him from the craft. Yeah. I've, I don't know what kind of plane he was in. Mm-hmm. My first ever flight was in a Tiger Moth, mm-hmm. which was the British World War I yep. biplane fighter. Yeah. The single fucking scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Because it's wood and like canvas held yeah. together with fucking sticks. Yeah. Well, this was, um, yeah, this was just a, this was a biplane. Yeah. And uh, just. Yeah. Pre-Spitfires. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, everyone was shocked by this tragic death. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> that's, that's the most predictable shit ever. <laughs> Desmond Arthur was known for having an adventurous spirit, but he was an experienced pilot and people struggled to figure out how this accident had happened. Yeah. Like, obviously, this had just not... this Nothing like this had happened before. Nobody had just had a wing. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, they're training people. They have people crash all yeah. the time, but that's new pilots. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's because man-powered well, flight has been around for like maybe 15 years mm-hmm. and you're building your shit out of wood. Mm. Maybe that's what happened. Well. <laughs> okay. 
About one month later, the Accidents and Investigation Committee of the Royal Aero Club. Oh, hello! I bet they're thorough. <laughs> but it's a club. So you just, just walk up with a with a fucking walking stick and kind of go through the ashes. And, oh, he's an Irishman. Need no further investigation. Yeah, clearly he was trying to juggle too many potatoes. He was unable to fly the plane. So it's the British Aero Club. They just have a ledger that just says Irishman. He just crosses one more off. Excellent. There we are. <laughs> one more down. Done. The Aero Club released a report on the 21st of June 1913 stating that the accident was actually the result of improper and incompetent repair. Irish recklessness. Neither the accident (laughs) nor the repair had been logged or noted in any of the records for the plane. Okay. It seems... Okay, yeah. With their poking around, everyone's saying, what, not, there's no record, we don't. Obviously, we wouldn't have sent someone up if we Mm. thought there was a chance the plane might fall off. This is happening at a time where free market economies are kind of happening and oversight is a fucking thing for cowards. Go on, yes. (laughs) It seems the aircraft had, in, they don't know when or how. Right. Okay. Obviously, before this flight. So, yeah. sometime between its last flight and this flight. The aircraft had been damaged. Okay. By an unknown person or persons. And that person or persons had attempted to repair the damage to the plane and its right wing themselves. To be fair, I've done the same thing with rental properties. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, not like, it's not like it's the, it's the house from up. You, there's not a chance that you're going to take it 2,500 feet into the air. Even that's where I draw the line ah, on saving a few bucks. You want your bond back, don't you? You know what is the, the worst shit in my life? Have you ever been on a commercial plane, looked out the window and seen duct tape? Oh, yeah. On the plane? Yeah. And you're just like... We're, I mean, I know duct tape fixes anything and everything. Yeah. That's why I've got it some in my bug out bag. <laughs> but... Not, it, no! Not my airplane! I'm not an avionics specialist, but that tape that you see on there, I believe, is just to protect cracked paint. Mm-hmm. Which comes off, but that's what they tell you. I do know, and uh, I've spoken to people who've told me about the way that they actually fix cracks in the the fans, or like the actual what are they called, the turbines. Yeah, like they actually use like an epoxy glue and just fucking glue them up. Yeah, like that's terrifying. That's when like the terrorists get sucked in, you know, while they're <laughs> fighting John McClane on the <laughs> on the wing. And I'll put some glue on it later. It'll be fine. That's why he's so cavalier about the damage. I'll yeah. put some glue on it. It'll be fine. Just landing it in Malaysia where all the work's done now. Oh, what have we got here? Terrorist went through it? Okay. Yeah. yeah again, Tick. get the terrorist pack. <laughs> oh, it's going to take forever to like pick out his jaunty sweater. Why do they always wear such jaunty woolly sweaters? Oh, my God. That's if honestly, that's how like around Christmas time – Every time I see, like, a man in a sweater, I'm just, like, terrorist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, anyway, yeah. So, somebody damaged it. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to be in trouble. I'll just fix it. <laughs> Even if I have the skill to do just it. sitcom style. <laughs> no one will notice. Oh. I'll just use heaps of wood glue. Yeah, it'll be fine. 
God, lots of paint in the cracks. So the plane looked fine to an observer, but internally was a death trap waiting to happen. Nice. The aircraft was then transferred from Farnborough to Montrose. Who's running this place? The Catholic Church? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this one's fucked. Send him to the Irish. (laughs) There's a possibility it was even just damaged in transit. Oh, wow. And someone was just like, get the liquid paper. (laughs) Oh, no. So it was transferred to Montrose and then Desmond Arthur just had the terrible bad luck that he just happened to be assigned that plane yeah. for his flight. Because you got to think, if they had sent it up on just one of the cadets, you know, yeah. someone might have just been, ah, oh, it's fucking cadets, you know. They yeah. just they freaked out, they stuffed it up, they've blown it up. Yeah. Ooh. So a month later, so of course that sent shockwaves. The idea yeah. that there could be randos <laughs> just touching the planes and the potential that... It's bad know, enough we let an Irishman fly one. I know, what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> Next women will want the vote. Is <laughs> how it happens. Oh my God. Next my servant will want to be paid for being set on fire. <laughs> See, it's all a trigger. Yeah. It's all a trigger. Yeah. So this might have been, you know, causing some unease. Yeah. Shall we say? Um, that, you know, the these airplanes that we're sending our young lads and the future of our nation may not be jolly well safe <laughs> whilst fighting Nazis. It turns out the wings might fall off. <laughs> Damn you us. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> Oh. Um, oh, oh my god! That's one of my favorite memes on the internet. Where it's just oh, yeah. those two guys dressed up as like Germans. Yeah. They're just like, uh, are we the bad guys? <laughs> oh, but anyway, so people were worried about. Oh my god! Like we're just you know as if war isn't dangerous enough. Now we're sending them up in like shitty craft yeah. where the wings might fall off. So a month later. On the 11th of July, 1913, a government inquiry opened to investigate the matter. Okay. Finally, bureaucracy is here. Brilliant. Woo! British bureaucracy. Bring it in. Yeah. The Secretary of State, Colonel Seely. Oh, he was asleep on the job. (laughs) (laughs) Would not admit that there had been any faulty repair whatsoever. Of course not. And it seems essentially went with the defence of prove it. Yeah, that, that, that's how the British Empire was built. <laughs> and then he took all of the wreckage back to the museum. <laughs> yeah. Can we have our stuff back? I think you'll find we had our own pyramids here. Yeah. These marbles, even though they're in Greek, are from Scotland. Yes, yes. Obviously, this was. I mean, look how straight it is. This is obviously designed on the shape of an of an Englishman's spine, straight and rigid. Oh Lord! So, government committee is there oh, finally. Um, so again, it's in the middle of the First World War. Uh-huh. Mere suggestion of the lives of Allied lives being put at risk and even dying. Because of the incompetence of officers? 
Gallipoli. Yeah, for, for further reference, see the entire British command of Australian soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And New Zealanders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Go back to the Boer War if you were if you mm. really want to see what happened. Mm, yeah. mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so incompetent officers, shoddy workmanship no. in Britain? Never. Oh. This could have a devastating effect in confidence <sighs> in the planes and for those who flew in them. Surprisingly, yeah. and this may shock you. The government committee came to the conclusion that the entire incident had, in fact, been caused by the Irish. Of course it had. The whole incident was, in fact, caused by the pilot. (laughs) And was not a result of faulty workmanship. No. Or dodgy officers who weren't clearly keeping records on that equipment in their care, but was caused solely... Individually by the pilot as a result of dangerous flying. And this is the part where the story should freeze. And we see Colonel Seely, and then there's a bit of exposition where it's just like him at an airfield late at night. Just with a pot of glue, clag glue. (laughs) Oh, you had to take your sister up, didn't you? (laughs) She's got to marry you anyway. Just pop, eh, there we go, that'll be fine. (laughs) Just hangs a sign around it for Irish use only. (laughs) Suitable for Hibernians. <laughs> oh, I know. I'll rename it to the potato. They won't be able to wait getting up in this. Uh, oh. Fry my pretty. <laughs> so bad. Uh, the This report was published in the autumn of 1916. Oh, really? Two years in. Good mm-hmm. job. And the war carried on. Yeah. It was shortly after these findings that were released to the public, which wholly 100% blamed everything on Desmond Arthur, mm-hmm. that the incidents began to occur. <gasps> the first incident was seen by no less than a major. A major? A major. <laughs> this is the most major name ever. <laughs> oh, please. I am the very model of a modern Major General. <laughs> major Cyril Foggin. <laughs> I just want to put the third. Having a Major Foggin sounds like something you do maybe in the locker room. <laughs> Hopefully out of the, the gaze of anyone else. No, you know what? Oh, my God. <laughs> When you, when you take your sister up in an airplane and you break the airplane and then you stick the wing back on and then that kills somebody, that's caused causing a foggin. That's a major foggin. Oh, I'm, I'm fogginned again. <laughs> we should make our drink the major foggin. Brain foggin. Oh, my God. Oh, major Cyril foggin. I love British names. You know, see, we always like, we look back now and we laugh at the names in like 60s James Bond films. Turns out there, there really literally was a pussy galore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you needed bad teeth to say these names. <laughs> Cyril Foggin. Cyril Foggin. <laughs> it's such oh, a I'm a pickled kipper. <laughs> and an eight years worth of potato chips, please. Oh my God. It's- Name Cyril Foggin. He sounds like something from a British musical. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Just you wait, Cyril Foggin. Just you wait. <laughs> He'll get in your noggin. <laughs> oh! 
Oh my god! It's all mind games with Cyril Fogging. Cyril Fogging. He almost sounds like one of those racist uh, Dickensian characters, like Fagin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my god, Major Cyril Fogging. Fogging his pants when he saw a ghostly figure walking along a dimly lit path in front of him. Walking up to the officer's mess. Walking to the door. Technically, the officer's mess was this whole situation. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, was this whole fogging. <laughs> but then the man disappeared. No. Oh. The major was like, what? 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 <laughs> there, was, there was nowhere around that the man could have disappeared to. The door was locked. Oh. When he went inside, there was no one inside. Now, the thing is... Cyril Foggin didn't tell anyone. He thought it was all in his noggin. <laughs> so he wasn't logging nothing. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you have time to prepare this too. <laughs> uh, no, I was drinking. <coughs> You're giving your noggin a floggin? <laughs> oh, my God. I stopped to do a bit of dogging. Oh, God. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Then I went and helped some Moggins hey. at the re- anyway. Yeah. Uh, other officers started reporting the sensation, feeling as if someone had just walked through them. Okay. The officers' club would suddenly, without warning, become deathly cold. And all the officers would suddenly excuse themselves and retreat. Is it because there was the no mess. there was no low ranking people to stoke the fire? <laughs> Why is it suddenly cold in here? Oh god damn it! Oh get 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 someone in here to stoke it. Oh oh no, we've already killed we've killed all the Irish. <laughs> oh, what will we do? It's a crime we can't stoke our own fire. I'm a major. <laughs> Then it's the shining cut. They're all just dead in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather die than stoke my own fire. Manual labour is for the Irish. And if until we could grow some more, <laughs> I shan't be doing any. <laughs> and someone at the back just goes, what about the Australians? Yes. Oh, Australians, you say. <laughs> they drink more than the Irish and they're dumber. <laughs> Not as combustible, though, I've noticed. <laughs> you can put them around a much higher flame before they'll just... <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, yes, uh, cold sensations in the room. And there was more than one officer who actually, when entering the mess, saw the spirit of Desmond Arthur sitting in a chair. To be fair, he's probably not going to be wanting to fly around too much as a ghost. <laughs> I reckon that would do it. Yeah, he's like a ghost with PTSD. <laughs> just every time he just like a, a, the engine starts up, he's just... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Find now, him in pottery class doing his own work. Oh my God, what, feeling himself up? Is that, <laughs> if a ghost takes himself to pottery class, is that wanking? I think it is. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, when this originally started happening... yeah. No one wanted to report this to anyone else because they're like, they're going to think I'm having hallucinations or I'm losing it during the war and I'll get grounded. Yeah, they'll take my wings. <laughs> I'd much rather have <laughs> my wings fall off. 
You're not the only one <laughs> having their wings taken away. So they were all like really petrified. And so nobody told anybody. Yeah. And then it turns out the same shit was happening to all of them. That's awesome. But nobody was talking about it. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, they're all just sitting around just like shaking. (laughs) (laughs) One instructor. So, yeah, it wasn't until uh, like later. We don't we're not sure of what the incident was, but obviously someone broke down and revealed what they had seen. And then everybody else started chipping in. Oh, my God. Well, guess what happened to me? (laughs) One instructor was asleep in his quarters when he woke up abruptly as he sensed that someone had entered the room. Oh. Vicar, is it you? (laughs) By the dim light that was in the room, the officer saw a man sitting in the chair at the foot of his bed. And when he asked the person what they wanted, the figure vanished. To be honest, this is not the scariest ghost I think we've ever covered because it seems so far he just does a lot of sitting. Yeah. You know, which just... Uh, yeah. I'm like, it would be inconvenient, especially at the bar. You know, there's never enough seats to sit down. You're yeah. kind of like, oh, I don't want to sit on him. Like, I know he's dead, but is that rude? What's the etiquette? It's like a court-appointed haunting. <laughs> He'll do it, but don't, he's not going to put any effort in. Yeah, his heart's not in it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> just look over. Are you a ghost? Boo. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh my God. It's like, it's, it's what I imagine what it'd be like to be haunted by Paris Hilton. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Uh, Stop being alive. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh my God. So he, and the other thing is, I always find it weird. I, if you have a chair in your bedroom, yeah, it's like you're just inviting either a spirit, a weirdo, a sex offender to just come and sit and look at you while you're sleeping. It's not a bird feeder. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, if you put it there, they will come. It's like it's like poltergeist. You don't have a TV in your bedroom because that's how the ghosts get in. And I'm just saying, having a chair attracts the sex offenders <laughs> to just watch you while you're sleeping. Just like, oh, look at her getting her eight hours. Cool. Okay. That's hot. Number one, in your situation, it's not a chair in your bedroom. It is a public park bench. (laughs) (laughs) And they have every right to be there as much as you do. No, they do not, damn it. That is my bench. That's my newspaper. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to find one of these things now? Oh, my God. That doesn't have the spikes on it so you can't lay down. It's hard, man. It's so hard. Oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) Ah, Lord. So, yeah. So, he comes back. He does a lot of sitting. (sighs) But the thing is... Some of those who saw the ghost recognised him as Desmond Arthur. That's crazy though. Imagine like, first of all, seeing a ghost and then just going, I fucking know that guy. Yeah, how, how weird is this? Like, yeah. Des, hey, hey how, you, how you doing? Like, oh, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're dead, but. Uh, I, I promise I've got that five quid for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's here somewhere. He just sits there cracking his knuckles. <laughs> Stretching his back. <laughs> <coughs> Ever since that fatal fall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now, CJ Gray was the editor of The Aeroplane. <laughs> the one and only magazine. It was a magazine dedicated to flying. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> it started publishing stories that stated that Desmond Arthur 
had returned. He'd heard about the stories. Ah. And was now haunting his former airfield after the report had come out and besmirched his name. As a magazine publisher, mm. imagine sitting there like in your editorial meeting, just mm. like going, right, we've got a super premium magazine here that is targeted specifically to landed gentry who can afford a, an aeroplane. But hear me out. Ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> Well, will the ghosts have their bosoms out? (laughs) I don't know. Put it at the back next to the ad for the flammable Irish. Yes. (laughs) (coughs) He's your home with Hibernians. (laughs) They put the burn in Hibernian. Oh, no, the Irish put the burn in Hibernians. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So, yeah, so he ran with the story saying that the pilot was haunting the former airfield. The editor began a campaign lobbying for the investigation <laughs> to be reopened. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, he's like the first tabloid. <laughs> I think he was also somewhat uh, supported by the company that went on to sort of like design the Spitfire. Oh, really? Um, because they, because th- they were also, because it was, they had like, you know, that that plane, they were kind of like, no, don't just besmirch our planes. Yeah. Wings don't just fall off our planes. Our planes are actually really well constructed. Yeah. It takes a fuckwit <laughs> to knock one off and try and put it with, like, sticky tape. Then, yeah, that will fall apart. But that's not on us. I that's to, not on us. I used to work in public relations. Yeah. Uh, and fuck me, it is a desperate measure when you're just like, ghost story. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> ghost story. Reputation rebuild. Ghost story. Ghost story. How can they argue it? <laughs> Hashtag ghost plane. You know why? Oh, my, oh my God. Because <laughs> you, oh you've heard, of course, that Kim Kardashian has now started her own true crime I podcast. I have, yeah. Um, and she's currently lobbying for a man who was convicted of multiple murder to be released from prison. Yeah. Do you think that's how she started her campaign? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you hear what the ghost of this guy has been saying? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I've ever actually heard Kim Kardashian speak. Uh, you're not missing much. No, I didn't think I was. I uh, just, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. The f- oh, my God. It was one of those because there was like a clip doing the rounds on the internet. And it's one of those things where they clearly were like, oh, you know, we've, we've got to have a moment where, you know, the common, you know, the common viewer at home can connect you know with kim you know because she was trying to rebrand because you know uh, i think it was come out and she tried to do like blackface when she was selling her makeup oh yeah yeah so they're like oh no we're gonna make it you know she's totally relatable so have like a relatable moment so someone obviously said oh kim we want you to just make some two minute noodles (laughs) and eat some two minute noodles yeah you have never seen anyone look so ill at ease (laughs) and um, she clearly never made a fucking two minute noodle in her life yeah because she sort of got it and she's like looking at the back and then she's getting out measuring cups to like measure the water and then put it in another bowl and fuck and you were just like oh for fuck's sake like wow there are times I have just put the two-minute noodles in me yeah. and just added the hot water. Make it up as you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fucking, yeah, anyway. It starts with a bucket bong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there you go. <sighs> but anyway, so he started his 
but ghost campaign. So we should totally reopen this government investigation. Yeah. The investigation was reopened. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> How awesome is that? That you could just be like, but ghosts. <clears throat> yeah. Just get a whole campaign reopened. <laughs> Oh, Lord. The British Empire doesn't care about human rights, but ghosts. Ghosts. Oh, oh, no one said there'd be a ghost. Is she buxom? (laughs) No, no, sir, it's an Irishman. It's folly. (laughs) So the investigation was reopened. And this time, Desmond Arthur was cleared of any fault. There you go. Cleared of any wrongdoing. Just as the Aero Club had originally announced like three years previously. There you go. Whatever. Maladministration within the British Army and forces and bureaucracy. Never would I have heard, thought I'd hear this. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Unbelievable. Who knew? After this, Desmond Arthur's ghost was seen only once more. Okay. Sitting in a chair, in the officer's mess. But this time, Desmond Arthur was smiling. Ah. And his ghost was never seen again. There you go. There we go. Ba-dum. So, yeah. Um, I guess you never thought that a government investigation could be haunted. <laughs> wow, let's... Uh Maybe if we can, like, get some of the ghosts of the people who died thanks to robo-debt <laughs> here in Australia. Oh, my God, yes. That'd be great. Oh, my God. Is that how the new commission, like, like went into the new investigation? Did somebody was just like, but ghosts. But ghosts, man. But ghosts. That's going to be my new legal defense to anything. That's amazing. But ghosts. The castle too, ghosts of our past. <laughs> Stop hating on the castle. Oh, I, my God. I hate the castle so much. Ah, I would never have known. Oh, my God. Why don't you launch an investigation into it? <laughs> Declare <laughs> it all the faults of the Irish. Fuck's sake. The ghosts of Australia's dead cinema. Yeah. <clears throat> so there we go. Um, a short one. But basically, I think the moral of the story is uh, don't try to make workers your... Oh, I, don't, I was going to say full guy, but this is very terrible. <laughs> This is terrible. That's a bumper sticker. Yeah. Irish pilots, we're not your fall guy. <laughs> uh, maybe we were. My wing. <laughs> I just, I can't even, because even when I was just reading this, I cannot imagine the terror. Oh, yeah. Of just, just your wing. Just gone. <laughs> just gone. What do you, what do you, what do you, that's not covered in training, I'm sure. No. No, at that point, there is nothing to do but die. <laughs> Just, oh, my Lord. They had all kinds of crazy shit back in the day. They, um, uh, One of the things they used to have on those old biplanes was they had mm. the machine guns on them. Yeah. Which weren't synchronized to the propeller. Oh, so my you shot, shitty you, you could shoot your own propeller off. And it wasn't until they captured a downed German plane yeah. that they figured out how to synchronize the guns with their propellers. Oh, my God. You know, I hate to say it, but... If the Allies weren't fighting Germany, yeah, okay, in the World Wars, I think there's a very good chance we might not have won because we only won because of all the bloody technology that we stole from the Germans. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I, oh my god! Do you know the, like the history of the Jerry can? 
Yeah, you were telling me, yeah. Yeah, because obviously, hence the name, the jerry can, because it was invented by the Germans. Up until that stage, (laughs) fuck me, the English were getting around with these, like, basically ice cubes made of, like, plastic. Yeah. That were leakier than fuck. So you just, you basically had your shopping bag filled with petrol. (laughs) That's how we were getting about a world war. I'm like, oh my God, what? Like, why do we keep running out of petrol? Oh, put another shopping bag in it. Oh, there was a leak. Who knew? And so, yeah, they like, they captured it. They're like, oh my God, what, what is this strange, marvelous, like, invention? And we're like, fuck. And they stole all the jerry cans and then stole the design. So that's why it's called a jerry can, stolen from the Germans. There you go. Yeah. But there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's fair. You know, they took stuff. Because I'm over 40, I know a terrifying amount about World War II. Mm. Uh, and you're like, yeah, straight white male, I yeah. just assumed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, the, the technology war between the British and the Germans mm. during World War II was fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a whole episode in that. I think we could we could even do one. I think it's called the Knickerbein system. Oh, excuse you. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. I've probably butchered it. Um, but it was basically a German navigation tool so they could do night bombing raids. Yeah. Where they would send basically a beam of, of one set of signals and a second one. And basically when they crossed over and became a constant tone. Yeah. When you were listening to it, that's when you knew you were over your target. Holy shit. And the British, because they had no night vision. They had yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They had no plane-borne radar or GPS. So that's yeah, how yeah. they did it. They fired two different beams that crossed over across the bombing target. Yeah. The British figured it out and they put a third beam in there <gasps> and were just sending them out to the fucking sea and shit like that. Oh, my God. That's fr- I You get a boner for history sometimes. You do. You're like, oh, my God. But then how? How was this the same group of people like – and the Second World War, people who are like coming up with that kind of invention yeah. are the same people who are like, oh, but uh, let's go to Argentina and open the secret universal gate to time travel and Uranus. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't how, it? How is that the same organisation? It's because Hitler was like, but ghosts. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, one Episode, we have to do one episode on the Nazi fascin- fascination with Argentina. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody thinks it's just because, you know, the tax breaks. Oh, no. Could, yeah, no. There's like this weird, like a cult, like astrological, like yeah. bullshit reason. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. What the fuck? Who knew people like the fucking Nazis? Fucking whack. <laughs> Who'd have known? <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, my God. You know what? Still still not as incompetent as English officers. No, no, no way. <laughs> Absolutely no way. Oh, my God. At least their wings never fell off. Yeah. For further reading, see the entire command of the Australian Expeditionary Forces. <laughs> uh, don't get me started. Yeah. Oh, I tell you this, uh, my, my granddad, because my, my granddad um, was, an, was a rat of Tobruk. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so they actually spent a good part of the war literally living like rats yeah. um, in, you know, these little bits of dirt that they had dug out while repelling Rommel and his tank forces back. Yeah. Um, and would literally just go out on these suicidal runs yeah. at night. Um, oh, my God. And he had this this one story because he, he never talked about it all his life, but then just before he started, to, you know, as he got yeah. towards the end of his life, every now and then he'd start talking about stuff. But because he had real survivor's guilt. 
Oh, yeah. Which was because he was talking about there was one. So they had just gone out on this like suicidal mission. Yeah. Okay. Like behind enemy lines. So they'd gone on this suicide, suicidal mission. Nobody had been killed that night. Like, oh my God, it's a miracle. Um, they'd, they'd stolen these couple of trucks and they were like, driving away from where they had done their suicidal mission and everyone had lived. Yeah. There's two trucks. Um, uh, my granddad ended up, for some reason, just getting in the second truck. First truck hit a landmine. Oh, wow. Um, everyone was uh, everyone was killed. Um, and, yeah, no, the second truck was just... And my granddad was just like, what? Like we, but we just went on a suicidal mission and we survived. Yeah. And it was what, like one fucking landmine. Oh, it's crazy. And so he was just like, yeah. So he was like messed up. But yeah, at the end of it. So even at the end, he he had no hate in his heart for anybody. Admired German soldiers. Thought they were very well trained. Yeah. Um, you know, they were just young men like us. Had no problems. Only people he hated, Nazis and fucking English officers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was like, I'd put them all to the wall. Yeah. So yeah, don't be a Nazi or an English officer. Yep, pretty good fucking, pretty good uh, advice to live by. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you know what? Uh, make sure you make sure your wings are attached next time you go up in your plane. <laughs> Just give him a bit of a wiggle. Just give him a jiggle. Just check for tape. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. And staples. That, that goes for anyone boarding a Qantas jet mm. at the moment too. Just be like, sorry, can I, I just want to give him a bit of a... Yeah, sorry, I know Alan Joyce has bled this company dry. <laughs> this company dry. Can I please expect... I want to see if there's any blue tack. Yeah, exactly. Just Are we sure these wings are going to stay on? Oh, sad but true. <laughs> sad but true. But you know what? Fuck it. Why fly anywhere? Stay home, get yourself a good mothman. Oh. Do you know why? Real mothman eat the carpet. Mm. And there's a no... No! In necrophilia. <laughs> I have to say that in front of a group of people soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. You know what? I'm sure the police will write it up nicely in the report. <laughs> Found in a basement. <laughs> Large man podcasting. Irish recklessness. <laughs> <laughs>